1: Julie Stewart Binks here on today's show we go deep on the Astros cheating scandal with the star of CBS's new show Tommy Thomas Sadowski over several cups of cappuccino get ready to perk up and hear this guy giggle on this episode of drinks with Binks. Hey guys, welcome on in to Drinks with Banks. I'm Julie Stewart Banks, And today we are so excited to welcome in an actor. We sometimes have actors, we have sports personalities, entertainers, but this guy is extremely special for us to have on the show. Thomas Sadoski, you know him from the newsroom, Life in Pieces, many shows on and off Broadway. And his new show, CBS drama, Tommy, where he plays the mayor of L.A., which is a very fascinating role. Thomas, thank you so much for joining us here today. Thank
2: you. Thank you. For, for having me.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, on Drinks with Banks, it's in the title. We yep. like to have a drink on the show. Yep. And you have chosen what for us?
2: Cappuccino. Because It's so early. But also, I sort of feel like a lot of people probably come in here and are like, you know what, dude? I got to like get my man cred. So give me a beer, you know, or like whiskey or tequila. Yeah, or I see. And I'm You've like, seen
1: the show before. Yeah, I see. Dude, and I don't have
2: am <laughs> for that. Like, no. my, my, I'm so confident in my man cred. So.
1: Yes. Yeah, Say, i'm confident in my yeah, man I, cred as well so
2: I, i'm i'm a big fan of just having some coffee i love it no, i also perfect sort of feel like it was like the bougiest choice i could have made
1: no it's i think you like could have like, gone bougier you think so like if you'd asked for like oat milk or something
2: oh that's so true yeah <laughs> oh i totally could have gone a different way with it uh but this is for me if this gives you sort of any indication as to who i am or where i come from like bougie for me was like Ca- cappuccino
1: yeah it's like a, a fancy coffee
2: yeah fa- exactly yeah. i was like what's a fancy coffee
1: yeah.
2: cappuccino is a fancy coffee has milk in it
1: right yeah it's and not not douchey like oat milk or a- no it didn't milk. even occur
2: to me that to, to mit, that, that you could make milk of something that doesn't have breasts
1: D- but what about um didn't you see joaquin phoenix's accepted speech at the oscars was I all didn't about the oscars i couldn't
2: <laughs> give a shit less
1: <laughs>
2: um i oh, no. uh, with all due respect to to Joaquin Phoenix, who is a tremendous actor, I don't care.
1: Yeah, that's, I. you know, that's an interesting perspective, especially as an actor in Hollywood. Like, do you you ever watch award shows? or's no. like, no.
2: No, no. How come? I just find the whole thing so silly. I mean, look, honestly, I grew up, I'm from a working class background, working class family in New England. I grew up in a small town in Texas. I am very proud of the work that my father did to get himself into the position that he was in in his life, to be able to give me the things that I was, you know, given. But we were we were a working class family, and I I grew up with a lot of people who have very different beliefs and opinions than I do. And the last thing in the world I would do is lecture them about whatever it is that pops into my head on any given moment. And I find the whole like fanfare of like getting dressed up in hundreds of thousands of dollars of jewelry and Mm -hmm. stuff and all of it, I just find it so silly and ridiculous, particularly like, yeah, I mean, if I got like nominated for something, would I show up? Probably, I yeah. think that I would get killed if I didn't. You know what I mean? But at the same time, like, I'd rather... I'd, there, there's so many other things I'd rather be doing than watching the same 50 people over <laughs> and over and over and over again in different costumes show up and say the same shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, like, I don't care. I don't care. It's a very
1: grounded perspective just coming I, from I just don't what care. line of work you're in.
2: Yeah, I just... It, it's, it's, it's so boring. It's <laughs> all so boring. And everybody takes themselves so seriously mm-hmm. and also at the same time like the the whole industry is so full of shit yeah like i'm sorry but like it yeah it's it, it's not it's not hard at this point to like pile on to harvey weinstein but like where were you in the early 2000s and the late 90s you know what i mean like i've been talking about how big of a creep that guy was for 20 something mm-hmm. years now you know what i mean and like I don't—look, respectfully to everyone who has who now, like, joined the fight, thank you. That's awesome. And I am totally and utterly blown away by the women who have stepped forward and, like, showed the courage that they have showed. And their voices are important, and right. they need to be heard. And past that, I don't know that I need to be lectured about environmentalism from somebody who flies a helicopter to their private yacht.
1: Fair. A very fair perspective and something that Ricky Gervais sort of brought up in his uh, monologue when he hosted the Golden Globes. Yeah, of-
2: well, I mean, he's he's amazing. He could say it better than I ever could. Ricky's incredible. I mean, I love the fact that Ricky is willing to take people down a peg. You know, it would be an honor <laughs> to have Ricky take the piss out of me, you know, and I, I would I, I I, genuinely sort of adore the guy. I, I also just like I'm I'm. My wife and I sit on the board of directors of uh, refugee children's organization, and I work with four other uh, not-for-profits that work with refugees and and people in in conflict and crisis. And for the amount of money that it would cost for us to get all dressed up and go to one of these shows, we could provide so much life-saving and life-changing care to Syrian kids, Iraqi kids, Yemeni kids um you know refugees who were stuck in in uh, camps in Jordan along the, the, the Jordanian border with Lebanon like there was so much good that could be done mm-hmm. just there let alone like the work that we do with like No Kid Hungry and and places right. here in the states where like you could provide meals for people meals for kids like so much good could be done with the money that is invested in something so frivolous. Right,
1: like the money just in like one dress or like any of that kind of award it's show stuff. Easy, so dude, There's six-figure dresses. Yeah, that's, and that's insane. Like
2: hundreds of thousands of dollars of jewelry that people are being loaned, mm-hmm. you know, and like uh, the whole thing I just find infinitely weird mm-hmm. because like what are we doing? like we're actors, we're actors. Like our job is just to play dress up. Like I play dress up for a living. You know what I mean? Like that's it. That's it. And I feel like the entirety of my artistic life and career has been uh, some sort of like really intense attempt to like get back to the freedom with which I played in the sandbox as a kid, Mm -hmm. played make believe as a kid. And I can't take it too seriously. I mean, I take, the craft of it very seriously. I take theater very seriously because it is something that is actually an art form, and you're doing it for no money, and you're actually making human connections, mm-hmm. and you're, you're you have an opportunity to really say something important with a lot of that stuff, and worthwhile. Um, but like all the rest of it, like the outside, the magazine, and the all of that sort of stuff, like I just find it so creepy. And like award shows are like the worst of the worst because like people are shaking your hand and you're like, ah, I don't, where has that hand
1: been? Yeah. <laughs> that I mean? like there, I, there's, yeah, there's a deep dive on everything that you've mentioned here with the award shows. And I think your perspective is welcome, especially because many of us would think that, that this is a little bit too much, especially in the world we're living in. And you mentioned the discrepancies around yeah, the world yeah. that this could help in an instant, but it is really refreshing to hear it from someone who has been nominated for a Tony award. Yeah. Well, so. there's a
2: big, big difference <laughs> between the Oscars and the Tonys. Let's be yeah. really clear about that. First of all, like, when you go to the Tonys, it's so fun because. Everybody there is just having a blast. I mean, look, are there problems? It looks like it is. Are there problems in the theater community? Of course there are problems in the theater community. Very different. But it's very, very different. And the people who are there are having so much fun and really don't take themselves that seriously. As seriously seriously as. No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. It's hard to take yourself seriously, like as seriously as all that when when you're in a musical about like a singing plant.
1: Right. You know what (laughs) I mean?
2: And, and, And I love that about the theater community and I love that about Broadway that there is a real tongue in cheek sort of thing that happens also there is a disturbing amount of talent mm. on stage at the tonys you know like people are singing that you're just like you you just you feel like you get blown out of the back um, of your seat you know when they get done and imagine it's it's incredible you know it and I, I i just i i love every second of it and also nobody watches it
1: <laughs> yeah
2: you know what i mean like you
1: i mean the theater <sighs> like the broadway nerds sure the theater it. community yeah. <laughs> watches
2: it but like all 10 of them (laughs) (laughs) you know know what i mean like and and all p.s by the way all 10 of them who i love yes like i have i say that with so much affection like the the people who are who are really truly into theater in that way i have it's like it i compare them to like the people who are into like minor league baseball
1: okay they're they're
2: like they're like the true fans they're They're not just they're not just going to dodger stadium they're going out to rancho cucamonga you know what i mean
1: yeah they're they're making the treks we actually have a a lot of those theater nerds broadway nerds that work on the show that actually one of them aubrey i'm gonna mention liked cats just gonna say that um, everyone out the there. Movie? Yeah, and the yeah, yeah. So we'll get into <laughs> so throw her under the bus. Oh, wow, you really did. You just rolled um, her out. but We are cheersing to <laughs> Thomas Zeloski on the show. We have more coming up on Drinks with Binks.
0: I'm Dan Patrick, and I'm sipping on Drinks with Binks.
1: Welcome back to Drinks with Binks. We've got actor Thomas Sadoski here on the show today. And we were just discussing all of the douchebags in LA and, and award show stupidity. It's mean, very true.
2: Hilariously, during our break, I got a message that I'm no longer allowed to be an actor. I have had my SAG card for folks <laughs> based entirely on what I've said already.
1: So. Uh, no, I think it's, um, it's realistic. And I also think it's a lot of uh, opinions that people harbor but don't say. Yeah. But also, we'll 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 get into this. But L.A. does sort of uh, bring out, it, it brings out a side of you that maybe isn't always authentic. Like it's it's.
2: Yeah, L.A. is a weird town because there's so many people who are in L.A. for like the wrong reason,
1: mm-hmm.
2: or not for like the best reasons. Right. Maybe that's maybe that's a better way to say it. Um, you know, they they're out there because they want to be on the red carpets mm-hmm. and they wanna be famous, whatever that means. Yeah, they wanna you know win I mean? the lottery. Yeah, and like, and and I will tell you that that is like, it's such an ephemeral thing, it's a ghost. It's You can't build a life on a ghost, you know what I mean? Like there's, it doesn't, it's not something that actually exists. You can't control it. It completely, like like in any good ghost movie, it ultimately destroys your life. Like <laughs> you have no sense of normality and like there's no, there's sort of no there there. There's, you know, so many people when they decide to go out to LA or so many people like have that idea in their Mm -hmm. head, which is something that sort of freaks me out. Um, That's that's not to say that everybody out there is like that. There's actually a really cool part of LA too that where there are, people who are genuinely interested in the art of filmmaking, right? And they're mm-hmm. trying to do different things with it and they're trying to tell different stories and they're trying to do all this various different stuff. But then, you know, you have people who are also just trying to, like, justify their paycheck. So, like, everything gets noted to death by right. people who are not storytellers. They're, like, bean counters, which is why, like so much stuff just feels like repetitive and repetitive and people are like dragging, like everything is a reboot and everything, it, it, you know. So many
1: things like that these it's days. Crazy. Yeah, and social media doesn't help because you need to show that you're on these carpets and at these parties and whatnot. But you, yeah. speaking of LA, you play the mayor of I LA, play the mayor LA, of Los Tommy, Angeles. Speak, yes, yeah. and uh, I read that you you did some research on sort of maybe watching mayors or looking at video. Yeah. Or what What did you take away before you started this role of like what a mayor is like?
2: Well, that's the thing, like I didn't, I wanna be really clear, I'm not, basing this character on Eric Garcetti, who is the current mayor of Los Angeles. Um, It is in no way, shape, or form about Eric Garcetti, who is the current mayor of Los Angeles.
1: (laughs) I'm sure he wishes it was.
2: I think maybe not so much, you know, (laughs) given some of the questions about ethics and stuff Uh, that this character has in the early part of our season. Um, And, uh, you know, so uh, Eric is in the clear. Um, (laughs) Bless his heart. Uh, But he does these sort of interesting letters to la uh on social media on like fake facebook or whatever and mm. you know it's like the way he sort of does it or or has in the past very very odd It they read like rather than like him going up and saying like you know my fellow americans like he says you know dear fellow angelinos like it's like he's writing like it's like jim jimmy fallon with his like
1: right yeah you
2: know <laughs> you're like it just feels sort of strange and mm. odd which i i I really loved, and which they we sort of ended up going with that uh. that kind of idea in the show. Um, but again, it's not based on Gar. Not
1: Eric Garcetti.
2: Um, but also, like I, you know, yeah. I, I, how much research do you really need to do about politicians in order to play one? Like you just
1: you have an idea.
2: You usually <laughs> have a pretty good idea. You like you just go and find like the most questionable part of yourself, and <laughs> dial it up to eleven. <laughs> And then put on a suit. You know?
1: <laughs> That's going to be fun.
2: It's a blast. Yeah. I had a blast. I mean, look, I get to work with Edie Falco every mm-hmm. day. You know what I mean? And, like, the the rest of the cast that, 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 that is up there, like, people will either know them or not know them. But they're all actors who I know. Mm. You know, all actors who whose work I've known for years and years and years and whose work I've respected. And... So many of them are like New York theater rats, and like I just love working with these people every day on set. They're the nicest people. Edie sets the best tone. She's the most down to earth, oh, great, easygoing, funny, classy, hardworking, like diligent leader you could ask for. She sets a real good pace. Like it, if she's behaving that way, there's literally nobody mm-hmm. can get away with behaving any differently. Like, if Edie Falco, national treasure Edie Falco, is showing up on stage, knows her lines, is easygoing, treats everybody with respect, and is good for a couple of laughs, like, there's no room for attitude. Mm. There's no room for, like, you know, I only eat green M&M bullshit. Yeah. You know
1: what
3: I mean?
2: <laughs> like, it, it, it just, it, it doesn't fly. And that's such a joy, like, to work on sets like oh, that. Oh, that's huge, me and every day. Yeah, like, man, yeah. and, like, our crew, are like, half of them were on The Sopranos, the other half were on mm-hmm. Nurse Jackie, so, like, they're all family, and they're all really good at their jobs, and they're all down-to-earth, and the nicest people, and, like, there's no, there's no weird hierarchy mm-hmm. stuff, like, nobody's screaming at crew members, and the, you know, people are treating everybody yeah. with respect, and everybody with kindness, and everybody with professionalism, and we get through our days quickly, and we all go home to our family. And, like, that's man like
1: that's yeah that's that's opposite of what we have here at fubo tv so. no no like, i mean i saw I your need, bar yeah I,
2: I i'm i'm aware of what happens i can imagine
1: i i'm like i need premium vodka okay right right and, and this, i'm not
2: going home to yeah. my family yeah. <laughs> anymore
1: <laughs> yeah it's funny because it's true um but you mentioned Edie falco mm. and the story tommy is is centered around her character who's huh. the first uh police female police chief and and, and it seems as though it's quite an empowering drama. I mean, I, we still, it's still just started. But yeah. when you read the script, when you heard the story idea, what really stood out to you?
2: Uh, Edie Falco. Um, I've worked with Edie before. We did a show together on Broadway. Uh, and I know her, and it, I've known her work since Oz. You know what I mean? Like, I've been a fan of Edie's for forever. Um, and... I know her as an actor of incredible integrity. If Edie Falco is involved with a project, it's a project mm-hmm. I'm probably going to want to be a part of. Um, and so when I saw that, you know, hey, Edie's doing this show, they asked for you, they sent me this script. I saw Paul Atanasio's name, and he wrote Donnie Brasco and Quiz Show, like two of my favorite movies. Wow. And I was like, uh, and then they were like, oh yeah, and Michael Cherniss is going to be in it too. And he and I are like old old friends like we we like graduated theater school together at the same time like we I turned 21 with him like you know we've known each other since we were pups and I love him he's one of my favorite human beings but he's also one of my favorite actors and so when they were like "Ah, and Chernus is in it too and I was like oh dude like even if this even if this script is horrible I'm gonna want to show up and
1: right it's good people to work with
2: yeah man because like these are the people I want to spend anywhere between 10 and 16 hours a day mm-hmm. with you know depending on how a shoot day goes like if if that's going to be my life like if i have to be away from my daughter and my wife mm-hmm. then i want to be on set with people that i i trust are good and who i get along with and i love and like as i saw the rest of the people russell jones and all these people who were on this i was like oh my god these are just the best people yeah i want to do it and then i read paul's script and i was like it's Boom. Paul at script said. like he's amazing and it was like no there was no question for me. I just I totally jumped in. It yes. is it is an empowering story, you know, and like that's sort of a cool thing too. Right. You know, it's um it's interesting. It's a it's a worthwhile story. It's not like we're not banging people over the head with politics. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We're telling a really good human story. Um that is actually in some ways playing out in various different cities across the country right, right. now. You yes. know, like uh in I think it's Seattle has a a female uh, as a woman of color who is is their uh, their first female police chief and uh, a couple other places as well, you know. So this it's not like this is a completely unheard of story. These, no. these are human stories that are actually playing out. And it's interesting. It's like West Wing meets Law and Order, you know what I mean? Who wouldn't want to be a part mm-hmm. of something like that?
1: It's got to be a great feeling to be on sort of like the right side of history and having a story that is uh, leaning in to that realm. And on that note, we have to take a quick timeout, but we'll be back with a whole lot more. Hey, guys, I'm Taylor Rooks, and I had way too many drinks with Binks. Welcome on back to Drinks with Binks. I'm JSB. We've got actor Thomas Odowski on the couch here today with us. We've been discussing many different things, how it's like in Hollywood, the yeah. new show Tommy, and fascinating enough, which is great to have you on the show, that you are a big sports fan. Yeah. We are a big sports fan show of fandom and great. all the different things that it offers. And we were discussing the Rangers, but I do wanna get into the fact that you're a Dodgers fan. Yep. And I mean, it's a great team to cheer for, but a really tough team to cheer for, especially two of the last Worlds two of the last three World Series you guys went mm-hmm. home empty handed. Yeah, they were brutal. How do you how do you feel about being a Dodgers fan right now?
2: I mean, look, I you know, I'm not gonna complain. <laughs> You know, we've like, you know,
1: and I I made that a very negative light, but you guys are really killing it now with Mookie bets. Yeah, it's
2: it's a nice time to be a Dodgers fan right mm-hmm. now, you know, um, in as much as it's, it's been really heartbreaking uh, to have lost those World Series. Um, it's still it's hard. It's ultimately hard to complain. And when people do. I when fans do, I just i have sort of like my jaw kind of drops. I mean, I spent a lot of time around the Orioles organization uh, for years Yikes. and years. Um, yeah, <laughs> and uh, seen
1: what a bad team is. Yeah, well,
2: and you know, my cousin works for the Orioles oh, okay. organization Apologies. too. And so, no, 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 he's a great. I mean, he's he's awesome. Um, he's doing great work. Uh, but you know, like it, man. If you're complaining and you're a Dodgers fan, like uh, it, like. It's, settle down yes like everybody problems big time like the kind of definition of it Mm -hmm. yeah um but it's also like it's it's a very interesting time to be a baseball fan. yes period right now i think that the last couple of weeks have been like i mean i'm stunned every day something happens where i my jaw just drops Mm -hmm. a little bit more and we were sort of talking before the show like mike trout having an opinion yes is like dude you know things have gone Mm -hmm. sideways when mike trout's out there like (laughs) saying something yeah. other than like you know the full-on like mm-hmm. crash davis like list of you know like a, a the
1: vanilla a, answer totally response. you
2: know what i mean now like, he's
1: mad he's upset about this he should be and players on the dodgers justin turner cody bellinger they were very upset about this turner as well. unloaded
2: Glyber torres the other day i mean it was everybody's comment and what trevor bauer said was incredible mm-hmm. i mean i you know look everybody's Everybody's got something to say, and I think for very good reason. It's, yeah. I think, for my money, this is as bad a cheating scandal as the game has seen in a hundred and something years. Mm. I mean, I, seriously, I put this above the steroid scandal, I put this above, I, this is, I mean, lest we forget, George Steinbrenner got banned for three years because he hired a private detective to dig up dirt on Dave Winfield, right? Like, he paid a private detective like 40 grand. He was banned for three years until Bug, Bud Selig reinstated him in 1993, right? So the fact that a bit an organizational, that. <laughs> literally an organization-wide scandal involving not just management, but the players, mm-hmm. like the last time anything like that happened, like the, an, an organized thing like that happened was the black Sox, right yes, 1918 and that didn't include the organization you add in the organization on top of it and the fact that nobody is suffering any sort of punishment for this that's
1: it's sort of the odd thing about this
2: to me it's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous i mean you got somebody just got banned what manfred banned somebody for for uh, a couple of years back for the braves organization right for um The international signing pool, playing with their their international signing money, right? This is so much worse than that.
1: Yeah, this is... This is pretty bad and the way the Astros have handled it is the Astros sign stealing scandal has they've been sort of downplaying what's happened with it and I hear people say, "Oh, well this is a widespread this could be a widespread issue in in baseball, which it could be, but then it's also giving the Astros a bit of a pass for really such a heist that they pulled off that affected a team that you cheer for that affected the uh, Yankees and so many others and made cheating okay. Do you think that they should be stripped of that 2017 title?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, the more and more players that come out and say something like Carlos Correa came out and said something the other day talking about Cody Bellinger. And like all that I learned from Carlos Correa's little rant that he went on about Cody Bellinger is that Carlos Correa literally knew everything and everyone. Yeah. I have two words for Carlos Correa, Buck Weaver, who was Banned from baseball for life in the back in the Black Sox scandal because he knew everything and everyone and didn't say anything about it. Carlos Correa is in that exact Hmm. same. He's the he's in the exact same company as Buck Weaver, maybe even worse, because there's we don't know if he participated or not. He hasn't sort of copped to that. But. The fact that for years, and this wasn't just throwing one World Series, this was three, at least two that we know of possibly three years of cheating, of organized cheating, including players and administrators. And you have players coming out basically trying to defend their their fellow players saying, yeah, I mean, I knew everything that was going on. I knew everyone who was doing it, but they didn't say anything like people have literally been banned for life for less. Yeah. And the fact that banned from the game for life, Buck Weaver tried to get reinstated six times and he was never reinstated. I think a number of things, if this is the standard that we're setting, and Manfred came out and said, like, there's no standard, there's no, uh, what do you, there, there, there's no, um, there's no standard for, for punishment in this sort of situation. You know, it doesn't have a precedent. And I'm like, first of all, that's not true. It totally has precedent. Second of all, direct precedent isn't actually something that you need. You can refer to outside precedent Mm. and say like, well, if we banned the eight players from the Black Sox in 1918 for doing something not as bad as this.
1: Yeah, this is significantly worse than that. It's
2: significantly worse. But it
1: makes you think almost, and I'm on the train... At least
2: least comparative to
1: uh, Comparatively. But the fact that these players have not been suspended or, or any kind of repercussions come down from the league... It makes you wonder what the league knows that we don't know that. Yeah. Is there any kind of immunity going on for these players? Do well, they I know something that every
2: I mean, he, he pretty much Manfred came out and said that the players weren't being suspended because he offered them immunity in order to testify and get all the facts on it. And I guarantee you, he didn't get all the facts on it.
1: Yeah, it he just offered like we have immunity. any facts. Yeah. No,
2: I mean, that was the thing that Bellinger said the other day. Wow. It's nice to actually start getting some facts, mm. you know, um, and it all had to come from Correa. You know what I mean? And, like, the whole thing is just, it's ridiculous. Even if you're an Astros fan, and I know some, people who are like, I mean, unless you're a complete moron and you're like, no, the Astros didn't do anything and we, blah, 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 whatever, then go away, paste eater. <laughs> uh, but, like, the, the, the fact of the matter is even if you're an Astros fan, you have to stop and take just a second and say, if I found out the Yankees were doing this,
1: mm.
2: how pissed would I be? When the Patriots pull stuff in the NFL, how crazy do I go about how the Patriots... This is as bad as anything the Patriots have done. Do you think this is worse? I don't know. I mean, it's as bad as anything that has been done in modern sports. It's certainly worse than, like, Pete Rose. Mm-hmm. It's wor- Dude, people have been suspended for so much less than this. This is, like... I written think this out of the game entirely
1: worse than the spy gates and the deflate gates because everyone had to be on board for it
2: everybody like, it, look you, you know deflate gate if it happened it was between brady and one other person or a couple of other people spy gate if it happened was between administrators and camera operators you know what i mean this was the players mm-hmm. in conjunction with their manager their general manager
1: and there's got to be people within the league, too, because based on video replay and where everything's positioned, like other people had to know. So, Or if they
2: didn't know, they were being taken advantage. Yes. Of, you know, and they were being lied to. Well, we need to have our camera here for blah, 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 blah. And, you know, there are people saying like, this is wait a minute. This, something's not right here. <laughs> mm-hmm. For years, people were saying something's not right here. And people were laughing them up. And they just La- yep
1: swept it under the rug. So you are your commissioner of baseball right now what would you do the one thing with what's going on
2: well you have to strip them of the 2017 world series unequivocally you have to strip them of the 2017 world series and every player who is admitted to participating in it has to at least at least three-year ban Mm -hmm. at least a three-year ban and at i mean at the minimum yeah You know what I mean? And there is precedent for banning people for a hell of a lot longer than that. If Pete Rose, for betting on himself, can't be in the Hall of Fame, then there's absolutely no reason why Carlos Correa, who knew everything and everyone who was involved, Alex Bregman, who admitted to using this stuff, there's uh, any number of the other players who have copped to it, there's no reason why they should get to play professional baseball this season, for, for at least as long as they cheated. Right. For At the, the bare minimum.
1: Well, yeah, I agree on that, and I think that there's potential with these people talking that there's more things that will come out. We don't know what's oh, we alleged buzzers the, and the wait, back tattoo and the really confusing reasons for why all of these things happen. Um, we gotta take a, a quick break, but we'll be back with more on Drinks With thanks.
3: I'm Michael Smith and I'm proud to say that I had drinks
2: with Binks. Six of them to be exact.
1: Welcome on back to Drinks With Binks. I'm JSB. We got actor Thomas Sadowski on the couch. We've been discussing his career, different shows that he's working on. Tommy, of course, on CBS and the Dodgers, the Houston Astros sign stealing scandal. And love that you're such a big sports fan. You grew up, you weren't born there, but you grew up in College Station in Texas. And I find it fascinating because it's such a hotbed for football. Yeah. But you weren't a Dallas Cowboys fan. No. How come?
2: No, I I, I couldn't get. I just the whole America's team thing turned me off immediately. I was like, oh, stop it. (laughs) Stop it. That's like like the
1: rest of the country, the way they feel. Yeah, I mean, I felt
2: like that, too. But also I was closer to Houston than I was to Dallas. And and I liked watching Earl Campbell a lot Mm. more. Then I liked watching anybody who was playing for Dallas. Although I will I will admit that, you know, the triplets up there while they were playing together were pretty incredible oh, to I'm watch. Sure. It was great football to watch. But um, my favorite player growing up was John Riggins. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I, I loved I loved the, the <laughs> I loved watching, you know, Riggins and Art Monk and the, the Hogs and you know, the that whole the fun bunch in the end zone. Like I they were they were a blast to watch. Um,
1: so what who's your team? The Ravens. Okay, right. Yeah. I read that in your notes, and I was like, he couldn't have grown up to be being a Ravens fan in Mm -hmm. Texas. No, no, no.
2: No, no. When the Ravens came into the league, like – my ex is from Baltimore and like I spent a lot of time down there and so which is like, hence like spending a lot of time around the Orioles organization and I just, I fell in love with that mm-hmm. that franchise like literally right out of the gate. Like there was just something about them. Very, very rarely has a franchise and a city blended so well, mm. you know, and I feel like the Ravens are quintessentially Baltimore, particularly now. Like yes. this last, this team that they fielded last season is so Baltimore. Um, and I, I just, I, I find them endlessly entertaining. I have found them endlessly entertaining as an organization. I think they just do things the right way. Uh, they handled the Ray Rice situation pretty well. You know, I mean, I was impressed that they were, they, they sort of waited, they got the information, and then they got rid of him. Right. And it's sort of unquestionably, like, there were definitely some things they could have done better, but I think they learned from it. They were contrite about it, like, hey, we screwed up, we could do things better, but they also were, there was no hesitation. They were yeah. like, there's no room for somebody like that. Mm-hmm. As much as we love him. And as much as we wish he were, you know, he were not this kind of person. He he's not he's not somebody that we can. And they have moved on so well, so from that
1: well. Situation. You you don't, you don't even remember it. You at know, you all, really.
2: really. It, it's not it's not something that you you tie to them. so Yeah, much you don't more. associate. And he it. was the franchise player, right? For a couple of years, like don't forget, like they were going to build around that guy. He was gonna be, you know he was going to be their, their next Ray Lewis or Ed Reed, you know, he was going to be the offensive version of it, you know, and um, they, they really, they did a great job sort of handling that situation. I was really impressed. And they've, they've got this team now that is so fun to watch.
1: Oh, Lamar Jackson is quite Uh, the
2: quarterback. He's unreal. He's unreal. But also there's just fun. Like you watch him on the sideline and you're like, Oh, see, like that's everything that's missing from baseball right now. Mm. Look at all that personality. You know what I mean? Baseball
1: seemingly has never really had that.
2: Well, it did. It has had personality. Yeah. Personality for... There was so many decades where there was great personality.
1: Like players that stand out.
2: Yeah, man. But like there were... And even before that, there there were definitely there were times eras where there were great big huge personalities Mm -hmm. the reason we love babe ruth is not only because he was an amazing ball player because he was huge personality Mm -hmm. he was an amazing personality it's the reason he's the legend that he is you know and like the guys over the years that have really stuck out in the moments that have really stuck out the a's of the 70s and 80s you know what i mean like that sort of stuff they were all personality right and like this the, the sort of yankee corporatization of baseball like where everyone's sort of oh well look how many championships are winning we should all probably be like that which has now led into the Rob Manfred era of like you know no personality don't let the kids play you know no bat flips
1: like. yeah the bat flipping was the, the fact that people got reprimanded for that as a Toronto Blue Jays fan Joey Betts flipping the bat was one of the highlights of being a, a yes. Jays fan for a while yeah but also people athletes Especially very scared of social media and of how they answer questions. At least in my background of working with different players, like it feels like baseball players are worried about what they say. Not so much. I mean, now is a bit of a hoot nanny with the whole sign stealing. It's thing. a hoot nanny. It's like, wow. Again, Mike Mike Trout <laughs> saying something as a reporter, you're like,
2: yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally. Yeah.
1: Um, but much like hockey as well, you don't. You can try to create a question to be able to get something out, and it's like, no, they just. Vanilla. Yeah, I mean, I
2: and uh, to a certain to a certain extent, I get it because they don't want to be distracted. Like, uh, in as much as I'm really glad that Dodgers players are speaking out Mm -hmm. about this whole thing, I hope that they get it out of their system in the next couple of days and that they're able to focus up on spring training and get to to doing the work that they need to do. I don't want Cody Bellinger distracted. No, 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 no. Because he's answering too many questions about you know, like some. Cheating putts in an Astros uniform. You know what I mean? Like, uh, he's too good of a player and he's too important to our Mm -hmm. franchise. So, like, I get it from that perspective. They will.
1: They'll move on. You
2: know what I mean? Like, you want to just like tamp things down and just sort of move forward because they know that reporters respectfully are going to stay where the action is oh yeah and and they're
1: gonna play in that mud absolutely if there's a
2: nerve they're gonna jump on it you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and get like good responses out of it because it helps yeah you know you can write cool stories and great get great headlines and great material out of that so i understand it to a certain point but i mean look how well the nba is doing letting its players have personality definitely they started the xfl the first incarnation of it entirely because they wanted people they were like we need to have more personality in football and
1: they did and then this past weekend Matt McGloin at halftime was kind of threw his team under the bus in a yeah. way and then everyone's like oh did he keep it too real it's like but this is what you wanted like isn't this whole league based on this been it real yeah <laughs> yeah
2: no it's exactly but that's that's part of the entertainment of it mm-hmm. you know what i mean like that debate is part of the entertainment of it right. awesome great i'm sure that there's actually nobody in the xfl offices who's upset no but that like, matt mcgoyne did
1: that front they're, page ah,
2: you know what i mean like they're <laughs> laughing all the way to the bank <laughs> yeah. you know Um, on that idea like the more drama the more eyes
1: definitely and yeah as as you mentioned with nba player sort of star-driven league and and we get to really buy into these guys and and the the drama around them as well not so much in baseball but drama for a different reason which we've discussed we have a whole lot more coming up on drinks with things so don't go anywhere
2: I'm Kurt Menefee uh, I had a drink with Banks. <laughs> hey,
1: guys, we've been having a great time drinking and banking here on Drinks with Banks. With actor Thomas Sadowski, and you like that, eh? You know, that was created by JB, our producer, whose voice you hear sometimes.
2: That's an amazing. Yes,
1: binking a term. We'll figure out what that means, but, you know, (laughs) your imagination. It also
2: also sort of sounds like something that happens to your feet, like when you've been inside sweaty shoes for too long or something. (laughs) That's a like very what's wrong? Ra- no, right? I mean, it's like when it's sh- like, ah, oh, dude, what happened to your foot? Man, nah, I got the binks.
1: Uh, yeah, I got the binks. And they're,
2: <laughs> they're binking.
1: They are <laughs> binking. I, I think that's now what the term means. They are my feet are sweaty. And <laughs> I'm taking I'm so my. So sorry. Off. I'm so sorry. Thank you, mom. That's so my. That's my mom's last name is Binks, and then nice. my dad's last name is Stuart. So I have two last names, and I found it. You can maybe explain this to me. You have a, a toddler. And is her last name Sadowsky Seyfried?
2: No, no. We just we went with uh, her. Um, we went with my last name.
1: Okay. Yeah. I, I saw that on the old Wikipedia machine that usually is always correct. Oh so. yeah, no, they're, they're, they're never wrong. <laughs> yeah, I was like, ooh, a name like mine. No, no, no one has that. But uh, yeah, so you have a daughter. How's the How's dad life going for you? Oh man,
2: it's the best. It's the absolute best. I love I love being a father. You know, everyone says, like, your life completely changes the moment that it happens. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it does. In, in ways that are, like, completely, that don't make any sense. It's like, I mean, I really, it feels like, you know, your, your heart just moves to the outside mm. of your body. Um, I love my daughter. And I love being a father. She's so funny. She's so, like, fascinating. She loves watching sports with me, which I think Great. is just the best. Like, one of the best days of my life was when she was, you know, like, I was sitting there watching football and she sort of came toddling in. She was like, Dada, can I watch football with you? And I was like,
1: yeah.
2: put her on the couch. Yes. like, yeah. Um, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. It's changed my perspective on everything. You oh, know? I'm sure. And I, I it keeps on changing, you know, and I'm excited to see where it goes, how it changes, what mm-hmm. happens next. You know?
1: Well, yeah, you mentioned like picking projects. You want to make sure they're the right ones because you're not with your family in those times. And you also mentioned your wife, Amanda Seyfried, who's a, a very well-known actress as well. You guys work together on a couple projects, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, we've done a couple. Of, uh, we've done a couple of things together. We did a play together, and we did a movie together. Yeah, and
1: and that was before you guys were together. Yeah,
2: well, yeah, it was like when we when we were doing the movie was when we really mm-hmm. started. Um, dating you know mm-hmm. it was like it, it was one of those things where you know it was like undeniable oh okay oh, wait, let's let's just let's just stop pretending <laughs> it was great it was like it, that, that was when we really had the opportunity to spend a lot of time I mean we spent a ton of time doing the play together but that was the, that was when we were able to actually spend that time sort of unencumbered and um, we were both free to pursue that relationship
1: Uh, curious that you have, you know, it's your, your wife is an actress. You're an actor. What's that dynamic like as a family?
2: I mean, it's crazy. There's a lot of feelings in our house. Um, (laughs) There's a lot of, you know, our, our daughter is very, she's very opinionated and she has no problem expressing her feelings. Um, It's great. I mean, we definitely, we, we live a different life than most people that, we grew up around, you know what I mean? Like I grew up, and like I said earlier, like I grew up in a really blue-collar family. So did Amanda, you know? Mm-hmm. She grew up in, in Allentown, Pennsylvania, you know, and a really blue-collar, blue-collar family as well. And we just, we have different lives than any of our friends mm-hmm. uh, who we grew up with together. Um, and we're also just, we're both really mindful of not playing into the idea that like what we do is who we are, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we work in this industry that can distort personalities. And, you know, um, certainly my wife has been around, uh, you know, she, she came up in that, you know, with that group of mean girls, you know what I mean? Like, and and there were any number of, of people in there who went sort of on different paths, shall we say. And, um, we've both been exposed to that. And we're very, both very, very acutely aware that like what we do is not who we are, nor is it who we want to be, and we have no interest in raising our daughter or any other children that we may have down the road. Like we have no interest in 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 bringing them into that mm-hmm. sort of orbit. Like it, it just doesn't it doesn't interest us. So. Um, you know, in as much as we, our careers force us to, into weird things, it's not, you know, pa- every parent has to, you know, w- w- every family has two working parents has to juggle. Right. Yeah. You know, like raising their kid and all that stuff. So it's not like it's so entirely different in theory or the effects that it has. It's just, you know, we're doing it under scrutiny. Right. You know, sometimes and, um, and with like really different, uh, sort of limitations on or
1: your jobs can take you different places different hours you can pretend to be someone else in front of your partner i don't know that's how i would imagine actors dating being like yeah manipulate your emotions (laughs) 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 we got a whole lot more on drinks with things don't go anywhere Hope you're liking the show. As always, kindly give us a five-star rating, please, and subscribe to the podcast. Who knows? We might even read your review on the air. And now, let's get back to the action. We've been having a great time on Drinks with Banks with actor Thomas Sadowski and it would be wrong for us to le- let you go without asking about the newsroom, yeah. which you played such a pivotal role on. What's your takeaway now looking at the show?
2: I think that we were way ahead of our time and i think that you know i think that a lot of the criticism that was lobbed at that show has been proven uh you know over the years to have been pretty short-sighted um you know again i've said this a billion times and i i feel like i will have to say it because of the culture that we live in um i don't disagree that there are some serious blind spots in that show uh I 100 percent on board with that, and in fact, was very vocal about that during with like on the ground on set about that sort of stuff. Um, that said, I love Aaron Sorkin, I think he's an absolutely brilliant writer. Um, I loved being part of that show, and I think that we said a lot of stuff in that show that has sort of played out to be completely valid and um and worthwhile so it was a joy to be on it i love i love that cast i mean there were so many people on that cast that i have such great affection for and um you know i, I miss it
1: oh, oh i'm sure and we don't have a whole lot of time but just quickly you said you didn't think it would fly the work in today's political environment
2: no way. could it
1: be a, a comedy <laughs> i mean satire
2: veep pretty much took care of it you know (laughs) what i mean i don't i don't know that we ever need to 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 try to outdo veep um it uh yeah that's that's fair that's the mountaintop you know (laughs) what i mean in terms of like whoever thought that veep would be a documentary um here we are
1: here we are in america right now and we are so thankful that you were able to join us on the show actor thomas sadosky you can watch him on cbs's drama tommy where he plays the la mayor and We are going to be able to talk a little bit more with him when we come back (laughs) after this break on Drinks with (laughs) Binks.
2: Hi, I'm Boog Shambi, and I had Drinks with Binks.
1: Against all odds, we are back right now. And Tom, gotta ask you, you do a lot of work outside of acting, you yeah. mentioned your, your charitable efforts. What, what charities are you involved with?
2: Uh, Inara, I-N-A-R-A dot org, War Child USA and War Child Canada, hmm. um, Refugees International, uh, Fortify Rights, uh, which is a great organization not many people know about. Um, we work with No Kid Hungry and Best Friends Animal Society.
1: Wow, it's um, incredible.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, there's no point in in having this silly platform that I've been gifted because of what I do if you're not going to use it for something worthwhile.
1: Yes, and you also use your platform to be able to act on the hit (laughs) shows on CBS. Tommy, where he plays the mayor of L.A., thank you so much for being with us here today and talking sports and everything. We'll see you next time. (laughs)